Good morning, church. How are you this morning? Can you hear me? Yeah, my voice is not as, as strong Good as Pastor Good morning, everyone. How's Good it going morning. this Good morning? Good morning. Well, we want to just take a few moments uh, before we start just to pray. Um, obviously, we, we are a praying church, but pray for our nation, but pray for the conflict that is going on in the Ukraine and Russia. Um, this morning, I was saying to my husband in worship, I was so burdened uh, just feeling the, the cries of the uh, Ukrainian believers alongside of the Russian believers. This morning, we have friends that are in Russia, um, and, you know, it, it is not to say that all of Russia is in agreement with what is happening. You know, I think that as believers, uh, there's an understanding that, um, that we want God's kingdom come, his will be done. And I felt this morning that we really needed to pray for our brothers and sisters in the Ukraine and also in Russia that the Lord, um, you know, we've seen clips of them worshiping together. We've seen clips of just God moving amidst the conflict, but we wanted to pray this morning. So... I'm going to invite, my, I'm always praying, so I'm going to invite my husband to pray this morning for them. I love the setup. <laughs> We're going to pray. Babes, you pray. Let's agree together. And if you are sitting with someone that you uh, are in a household with, feel free to even join hands in agreement and just to connect and we'll believe as touching today. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name and just all of us who are here, God, those who are joining us online as well, God, whether it's in the present time or they're watching the rebroadcast of this, God, we pray right now for this situation, what's happening in Ukraine. Father, obviously, there's, there's lots that we don't know or we don't understand, but God, we know that you know that you understand, Father, and we pray first and foremost for peace. God, we pray for a peaceful resolution of what is happening. God, we pray for protection in Jesus' name, uh, particularly over innocent lives, Father. Lord, we know in these times that you work miracles, God, and so often it can be uh, that difference of 30 seconds or just little things that make the difference, even whether someone lives or dies. And Father, we pray in Jesus' name for just your supernatural protection in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for wisdom, for government leaders as they navigate this, Father. Lord, and that voices for peace and voices of wisdom, God, will be very strong during these times in Jesus' name. And Lord, just even as my wife mentioned as well, we believe for the church, God. Lord, for our brothers and sisters in Christ in Ukraine, we pray that you fill them with a peace. We pray that you protect them and keep them, Father. Lord, we pray that they will rise and shine during this time, God, and rise and shine and just minister and share the gospel, Father. Lord, in these times, just even I've ever seen a clip of in, you know, a, a bomb shelter, a subway that turned into a bomb shelter. They're just singing and worshiping you, Father. And so we just pray in Jesus' name for your church. God, and we pray for your church in Russia as well, too. God, where I'm sure so many, uh, there's such this drive to, uh, you know, kind of uh, support, quote unquote, what's happening, God. It can be very divisive. And I'm sure, but many believers are saying, we don't want this. We don't want this to happen, that they're praying and believing as well. And so we just pray for your power, God. Lord, and we pray for your praying church across the world, that we will continue to pray and agree, God. And maybe people say, well, what one prayer or two prayers is going to make a difference? Well, God, any prayer makes a difference difference. But we thank you that there's just a chorus of prayer from the nations regarding this. And we are honored to be part of that, just to play a small part this morning. But we come into agreement with our brothers and sisters around the world. And we pray for peace in Jesus' name. We pray for protection in Jesus' name. And we pray that your kingdom will come, your will
will will be done. God, this reminds us why we are looking ultimately for the return of Jesus. Why, Jesus, you are the righteous king that we need you to rule the nations. And so we also, in praying for peace, also look to your return. And we look to the time where there will be no more tears, there will be no more sadness, there will be no wars, God. Lord, we want to have an eternal perspective in the middle of this as well. And so we thank you for this today. And everyone who agreed with me said, amen. Amen, amen, amen. 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 Well, we're excited this morning. We are coming to the conclusion of our sermon series on deeper relationships. And we felt like we wanted to go deeper in terms of self, self awareness, the matters of the heart. So this morning, kind of what we, we thought about doing um, was just having a conversation regarding matters of the heart and what God would say as it pertains to how we navigate self awareness, how we navigate what is going on with oneself. And I think we're in a time, I think we all would agree. We're in a time where we need the spirit of God to lead us and guide us um, in every decision that we make, but also in what is going on with oneself. And I think that a lot of people, you know, it's like, well, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. You could only say I'm good so many times in a season like this and not uh, crumble. In fact, I was watching on Instagram a meme of just somebody had posted uh, something that was kind of going around about a girl who said, you know, she said, we had the pandemic for breakfast and now we have war for lunch. She's like, couldn't we have a little space between the, the pandemic and the war? Like, and her whole kind of concept was that it's a lot. Like we're going through a lot right now um, and it's one blow after another. So we want to talk about issues of the heart. So I'm going to be interviewing this handsome man across from me right here. So I'm super excited. I get a window into his world on a regular basis, but we're going to have some heart discussion. So first question, sorry. Can I, can I say... Yeah. No, 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 no. I have the mic. I have the mic. But can I just say something off the start? <laughs> you see how this is going to go. You see, you see how this is going to go. Uh, she called me out already. So, uh, no, I was just going to say, I think um, part of, um, you know, Proverbs 4.23 says, keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flow the springs of life. And I think, you know, we've had lots of conversations because you know, we do this all the time. We're going to kind of, I mean, she doesn't really interview me all the time, but you know, we have conversations. Kind of do, kind of do. Kind of do. Yeah, it's true. It's true. She's more of the talker than me. So, so sometimes like, you know, we talk about, you know, they even say, uh, you know, sometimes the difference between husbands and wives and how many words you have in a day. And sometimes I get home from work and I've used up all my words for the day and she still has like 10,000 words left and she wants to talk. So you're right. It does end up being an interview sometimes because she'll ask me questions to get me talking and to get a window into my world and help get me outside of my head. Uh, but you know, in, I, I think it's been so pertinent even hitting this topic and, and we'll talk, you know, probably bridge a little bit into where we're going next month and continuing our journey. But I had a really interesting conversation this week. We had a couple come in and do some ministry for our staff and uh, Dan and Laura Osmond and it was so good and it was really dealing with heart sync. So it was dealing with matters of the heart. And uh, one of the things that Dan said that really stuck with me was he said, you know what, more than ever, as we kind of emerge out of this pandemic, as we emerge out of what's happening, uh, that people are going to need ministry in their emotions and people are going to need ministry in their heart. Uh, it, there's just been so much collateral damage. There's been so much wear and tear. And, and I believe that God wants us to be people of healing, that God wants us to be a place of healing. Uh, not just physical, but, but for people's hearts and for people's emotions. 
I, I saw a quick clip this morning just I was looking on the news and it talked about, it said, you know, uh, for a lot of teens, it said school isn't solving mental health challenges. And kind of the idea was let's just get everybody back to school. You know, get the kids back in school and that will solve the mental health challenges. And the article was just, the headline was saying it's not doing it. And so as believers, we can turn to faith. We can turn to Jesus. Uh, But for the average person out there right now, what are they turning to? What do they have? What wear and tear are we covering up? And so so one of the the phrases in my mind is that... uh, it's a little bit of a coined phrase, but healed people heal people. And, and God wants us to kind of move into fresh places of healing, even with our emotions, with our hearts in this season. And, 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 but it's not just, it is for us, but it's also because we need to be ready to be in the place to bring healing to others. But we first need to receive healing ourselves. And so I think that's a big part of even what you know, our conversation's about, and then I'll turn it back to my wife, since she is running the interview, and what we want to talk about today. Awesome. So first question up here is, um, obviously we live in a world where emotional self-awareness for men um, is not, it, your emotional self-awareness is not as masculine of a topic, you know, and uh, we just want to know kind of if you can share your journey of emotional wellness and emotional awareness, self-awareness and what that looks like for you being a male. Sounds good. Now, I'm sure I kind of chuckle a little bit. I'll have my perspective. I guarantee you my wife would have a very uh, focused perspective as well. As but, I, but I'm interviewing you. I know, I know, I know. I know, but I mean, if you watching me. So, yeah, so she it's can true. fill in the gaps that maybe I miss because she will, she will give you that perspective. Sometimes we can all be a little biased in ourselves. Uh, you know, if you were here a couple weeks ago when we did the, the marriage talks and I had shared a little bit about my journey to emotional health to emotional connectivity. Uh, you know, we talked about like Pastor Sharon would ask me sometimes, well, how do you feel about that? And I'd just be like, uh, feel? Like I, I just, it was totally off my grid and it was just was not there. I just, I didn't even think through that lens. Now I did feel things, but I just was not very good or very connected with it. And I had a hard time processing, I had a hard time talking about it. But we're talking about how I really have had to grow in that area for us to connect. Uh, emotional connection is so huge for relational connection. It's so huge for, I, I mean, on so many levels. And so I was really talking about that uh, journey because it just, again, for me, um, it, it just wasn't even on my radar. It wasn't there for me. Uh, but then I went through a season of time, uh, would have been, well, a little bit ago. Now, I mean, I'm still on this journey, but God started to really awaken my understanding, my awareness to this need for emotional health, for this need for emotional connectivity, this need to be able to be in tune with what's going on, my inner life and what was happening in here. And that I actually could understand and process and deal with things in a healthy way rather than just kind of charging forward, you know, just keep going, keep pushing forward and move forward in that. And there was several factors that really played into this. The first factor was straight up right here, my wife, uh, because my lack of ability to be in tune with what was going on in my heart was really affecting our relationship. Um, I don't know if there's any other husbands out here, but invariably we'd end up in this cycle where we'd end up in some kind of context where I'd be like, how are you guys doing? And I'd be like, oh, we're good. We're doing great. And my wife would be like, we're not doing good. 
<laughs> right? She'd be like, I mean, and I'd be like, what do you mean we're not good? Like, no, we're good. You know, and she, and sometimes she'd look at me and say, well, when you say good, what do you mean? Like, why are we good? What, what do you mean by good? And I go, uh, um, uh, you know, and I'd suddenly start thinking about it. And, and usually I realized for me, good meant that, uh, well, can I be honest? Good meant sex life was okay. Right? We are married. And, and good meant she wasn't mad. Right? Like she, she, she's happy. She's good. I'm good. You know, we're good. And, and she was desiring, there was so much, as you can imagine, I mean, that's a pretty shallow way to determine good. Now, I know the ladies, ladies are sitting here going, yeah, of course, pastor, like, you didn't even get that, you know, but it just, it just was not computing. I think maybe some of the guys are, you know, you're, you're resonating a little bit more, but you're just sitting and looking straight ahead. And, and, and you know, right? So, so there was this element where I started getting to the point where I was like, I want this, like, I don't understand I, I, I'm really not getting it, but I want to get it. And, and, and it was humbling because I'm, I'm a pretty high capacity, competent person. Like I've accomplished different things. I put my mind to things. And sometimes she'd even say to me, she'd be like, she said like, this hurts because I feel like I watch you put your mind to so many different things and just nail it. But this, it just feels almost like you're not trying or you don't care. And it wasn't that I wasn't trying or I didn't care. It was just, it was outside of my grid. And the tendency, I, I know I can speak on behalf of men. I, I, I don't know if women, you can comment whether women do this or not. But sometimes as men, when something is hard, especially if it's really hard for us, we like to retreat to things that come easy to us. Right? So I don't feel like I'm winning here, but I'm winning at church. I'm winning at work. I'm winning at... Uh, you know, whatever I feel like I'm winning at. So it's easier to go back into places you feel like you're winning instead of dwelling in the place where you're really struggling. Uh, and so, so that was a big part. I think a second part for me that really opened this door was just embracing, like saying to God, God, I want to grow. God, I want, I want to be more like Jesus. So God's like, okay, well, Jesus was in touch with his emotions, so I want to grow you. No, no, Lord, you know, it's just like, I, I don't, I, no, that's hard. I mean, I don't want, but, but there was this desire in me to keep growing because here's why I encourage all of us, always have a heart to keep growing. Always have a heart to be teachable. No matter what, I want to be 80, I want to be 90, and I still want to be learning new things about myself, learning new things about God. I always want to be growing. And then the third thing, these things all kind of came together. So there was stuff happening here. There was stuff happening here. And then we just went through a really challenging season. It was around the time of uh, like church-wise, the merger, and some of the kind of several years after that. And I really watched the toll it was taking on me. And I also watched the toll it was taking on some people that I loved. And, and I started to realize, especially in a couple cases, even with other people, uh, I realized, you know what, they weren't good and I totally missed it. Like I didn't, and I started to understand I can't just push past this area of emotional health. I can't push past this. I've got to, I've got to grow. I've got to grow for us. I've got to grow for us. I have to grow as a pastor. I have to grow as a father. And, and so it really, and so God really be able to bring this together. And so 
without laboring too much more, because I want to get back into the dialogue, one of the things that really helped me, and I do want to name drop for a second, was the, the writings and work of a pastor named Peter Scazzaro. And he wrote several books, Emotional Healthy Spirituality, Emotionally Healthy Leadership, uh, Emotionally Healthy Church Planner. That's the first one I got into. And I, I just want to actually read you a quote he said. He said, why do so many Christians make lousy human beings? Why are so many of us judgmental, unaware, and defensive? Kind of hardcore, huh? Part, part of the answer lies in a failure to biblically integrate emotional health and spiritual maturity. A vast industry exists around emotional intelligence and that ignores spirituality. And a vast amount of information that exists to define a mature Christian, but rarely are the two integrated. And so this was catalytic for me and a lot of some of his stuff helped me because I just wasn't seeing it. I didn't know, I didn't know. And it really helped me to start to open up. So one of the things that he talks about is he talks about four pillars for emotional health. Uh, The first one is loving union with God. The second one is living from your marriage or living from your singleness. Uh, That was one point. The third one is learning to face your shadows. And the fourth one is learning to embrace Sabbath rhythms in your life. And so I, I went on a journey, and we went on a journey. She was a lot better at a lot of it than I was, I'll tell you that. And she helped me a lot. Uh, but we went on a journey of, and I'm continuing on this journey, of learning to grow in emotional health. Or we talked about, you know, we've talked about this month, relationship of friendships, marriage relationships, family relationships. But it's really about having a good relationship with yourself. Because sometimes some of us take care of everybody else, but we don't take care of right here in ourselves. Yeah, so good. I think um, one of the things that Pete Scazzaro said, and I think you made reference to it, is facing your shadows. So what would you say for you is one of the hardest areas in your own life that you've had to face? Well, actually I have several. Okay. How many areas have, yeah, go ahead. I I have several. Yes. uh, I'll say right off the top, you know, because we kind of jumped to facing your shadow. Um, let me pull this because I'd, I'd reference this. This is what he said about facing your shadow. Facing your shadow is uh, your shadow is the accumulation of untamed emotions, less than pure motives and thoughts that will largely unconscious, str- uh, largely unconscious, strongly influence and shape your behaviors. It is the damaged but mostly hidden version of who you are. Now, now, right off the top, I had some problems with that because. Number one, I'd kind of grown up in a school of thought of you don't ever admit anything negative about yourself. You just walk by faith, right? So it's just like, I'm just trusting God. I'm believing God and you speak. And I'm not against that. I'm against, but, but you know, you call those things, the Bible says call those things that be not as though they were. Don't call those things that are as though they're not. In other words, we don't get into denial. It's you start by identifying the problem. Then you begin to speak the solution. But if you stick your hand, your head in the sand about the problems, you're never going to be able to really activate your faith for the solution in the first place. So, so the first struggle point for me was even really working on the fact that, hey, I, I have a shadow. I have issues. Now, it might sound kind of funny because my next point is pride that I had to work on. But I don't know about you. I don't like being wrong. Like, I, I really, and I, sometimes it's not like I'm stubborn, even though I probably maybe can be stubborn every once in a while, but it's more, I just, I want to do the right thing. I've always had this thing. So I actually, it hurts me when I'm wrong. It hurts me to miss it. 
Like I remember, like I, I've gotten better at this. I take things so seriously. Like I remember our first year when we merged the churches and those of you that we, we this nine years ago, we brought two churches together. I remember that first summer we had our, our barbecue and things were kind of tense. You know, it's just everyone's getting ready to merge and we're doing it together. And we woke up the morning at the barbecue and it was pouring rain, like just pouring rain. And it's our candidate barbecue. It's one of our big events. And I remember, I w- like, and this just kind of my window. I was, I was so like, do I cancel? Don't I cancel? The team's there. And I was finally, okay, you know what? I think we just got to cancel. The field's muddy. This just isn't going to work. So I, I, about 10 o'clock tomorrow, I made the goal. I don't know if you remember this. I, I made the thing to call, call the barbecue. Well, you know what happened? Like 30 minutes after I canceled it, the rain stopped, the sun came out, and it turned into the most beautiful day for the rest of the day. And I sat at home literally in depression. Because I felt, now, we kind of chuckle, I laugh at myself now, but part of it, I felt so much pressure to get things right and to lead the church well. And I felt like I just messed up everybody's day. And everyone's now sitting at home looking at the beautiful sun going, why did pastor cancel the barbecue? And, and you know, on and on. And, and, you know, but it was, what really hurt me was I was like, oh, I blew it. I made, I made a wrong decision here that wrecked everybody's day. Now, in the grand scheme of life, is one missed day the end of the world or whatever. No, so I put a lot of pressure on myself. So part of it was I really struggled. Just, I didn't, I, I just didn't even want to go there. Like, anybody been there before? Like, you don't want somebody to tell you, like, you just don't want to even think about what's wrong. You just, because it's a little overwhelming for you. So some shadow areas for me. I, I really felt like a pride was an area that I always have to keep an eye on. Now, this is something I learned from quite young, was I just, I realized I have a tendency without Jesus to become prideful. And if I don't regularly embrace humility and radically get after being humble, uh, then, then I just know that for me is part of my personality, right? Like I have a confidence, I have a competency, I can do things, but the shadow or the flip side of that is it's very easy for me to depend on myself instead of God. It's very easy for me to become prideful about what I think I can accomplish. So that was a shadow that I really had to create. And I am thankful. I have wonderful people in my life, like my wife, who can point out to me if, if, if there is pride that is coming in there. And, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, another area I really I mean, real talks, as a man, I have to keep a real eye on sexual integrity in my life. I really have to, and I've, I'm thankful with God's help, I, I can confidently say I've really worked hard in that area. But, you know, I am a husband, I am a father, including a beautiful daughter. I pastor a church full of wonderful, amazing people, including many amazing women of God. I want to be part of reaching a city and reaching a world that's full of amazing women. And I can just not have any place for lust in my life if I'm going to do that effectively. So, but I have to always be, so I'm very, uh, I'm very, very focused and disciplined about even what I watch, what I listen to. I just do not want to give it any room because pride would say, oh no, I'm good. It's fine. I can watch this and be fine. I can just be fine. But, but if I'm saying, no, no, I want to watch out for my shadow. I need to realize I can have a bad weekend and it completely just totally send me down a wrong pathway. So it's like I'm dependent on my wife. I'm accountable of my, my wife. I'm dependent on the Lord. I am also dependent on my wife and accountable to my wife and to others. But I really realize this is an area I have to guard. Uh, the third area, and I could talk a lot about this, but I won't, uh, is fear. Uh, I didn't realize how much fear I had in my life until the Lord started showing me. Uh, there, there was so much fear. Even when I talked about like the challenges of leading the merge, it, it exposed so much fear in my fear of getting it wrong. 
fear of making a mistake, fear of letting people down. Those are the kind of fears that I struggled with. Wasn't so much like most people would have seen me as quite bold and confident. I preach, I public speak, I do that stuff. But there was a lot of fear in here that that kind of covered up in different things. I think it was Bill Johnson who said, uh, "A lot of people walk in the fear of man, but they just call it wisdom." You know, and it's like there was there was fears. I, I remember for so long, and I still have to watch it for myself because I can be a little OCD about things. And, and I, I, I like things in their place and in their order. And if I'm having a really rough week, I go home and I organize. My wife will tell you. Because part of me, I'm just, I need to control something in my life right now. So I will control this, you know. And it's, so I'm a little bit of that. But I went through seasons where I, I was so afraid of missing God and letting God down that I would just drive myself. I would give things away to people because I, I just felt like, and I have a generous spirit, but I remember I gave, and sometimes I didn't give out of God telling me to. I give because I was afraid if I hold on to this, I'm going to lose the blessing or something's going to happen. I struggle so much with fear. Um, I struggle so much with fear of worrying, like confronting people or having those conversations and trying to make sure people are good and happy. And, and these fears, you know, and, and, and so that, that was something. I, if I kind of rank myself, I think pride, I'm very guarded about, uh, but I've come a long journey. I think with, with sexual integrity, again, I've really, I, I can feel like with God's help, I'm doing well. I think with the fear, it's an ongoing it's not, even with our finances, like we kind of joke about it sometimes. You'll hear it's one of the big things that always comes up with finances. Uh, I'd get so frustrated sometimes. It's like, how can we have to go to Starbucks? We didn't need Starbucks today. You know, just all these things come in. And really, once I dug deeper, because most of the time men, we can experience anger. Anger is appropriate. But I really wasn't angry. What I really was was afraid. I was afraid that we're not going to have enough to pay for this or we're not going to have enough for that. And, and, and really, it was fear. And so there's kind of this ongoing growing journey of fear. Sometimes I'm afraid to witness and share my faith with people. You know, sometimes I'm afraid to put stuff out there. I'm, I'm afraid of what people will think. You know, there's this ongoing journey of saying, okay, you know, because the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. And God's also said that perfect love casts out all fear. So, so, but, but, you know, being emotionally healthy is not saying I'm not afraid. I'm never afraid. I don't walk by fear. Emotionally healthy actually says, you know, I'm afraid sometimes. Uh, there's different things that scare me, um, but God's not given me a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. So I trust and depend on him. And, and, and that to me is what this growing journey of health looks like. So good. So, so, so good. Um, one of the questions that we, you know, we we're thinking about asking you to talk about leading out of Pete Scazzaro talks about leading out of your marriage. Um, we obviously have people that are single here um, and obviously people that are married. Any core lessons that you have learned uh, regarding leading out of marriage or singleness? Yeah, no. Well, I, yeah, because I definitely wanted to speak to both. So I'm glad you brought both up. Uh, I just jotted down a couple thoughts and lessons. Number one, uh, marriage cannot be your side hustle. Uh, marriage cannot be your side hustle. And what I mean by this is, uh, actually, it's kind of funny. You said this to me once. I don't know if you realize that it really kind of stung me a little bit, but it stung me in a good way. Yeah, she's like, what are you going to say? Uh, I remember my daughter asked me recently about how I proposed to mommy. 
you know, because she's kind of getting to that age. And so I was telling her I had surprised her. It was a pre-Valentine's Day. I got this limo and picked her up in a limo and we went out and did like dinner and dancing and I was setting up to propose. So I brought her back to the church we rented at the time and I'd done this whole setup of kind of candles and poems and everything else and then did the proposal. Uh, it was, oh, she said very romantic. Good, I'm glad she, she thought that. So, so one of the things that I had done, though, was I tried to bring all these different symbols. And so one of the things I had done was I had uh, laid out a chessboard. And I had kind of pulled out pieces and talked about how God, you know, had brought all these different things into my life. But my queen was missing. And that now God had given me my queen. Right. And so, so it was there and, and actually used like the white pieces and then had the black queen. And so, so, you know, we kind of rocked the, the black queen, you know, and so, so I have my black queen in Jesus name. Uh, but you know, uh, it's interesting on one level, it kind of was romantic on other level. She's not just a piece on my chessboard. Right. And I totally didn't mean that. I, that wasn't my intention. I was just trying. We were kind of in a zone that there was a whole group of us. There was another kind of young outreach church called Vision and then our church, CWL. And there was this whole, there was this whole kind of, everyone was getting married at the same time and everyone was trying to top each other with more extravagant proposals. And, and there was a whole group of guys. You didn't know that? Know the Vision guys? I yeah. didn't even know that. I oh, no, but it wasn't to... like I was trying to impress everybody else. It was just we were all inspiring each other. Ah, it's like, so you can't just drop on your knee, whatever. You got to, and then the whole crew of Vision guys, one of their deals was they all had to be at each other's proposals. And so it was kind of like, you got to do it, but we're all going to support each other. And so it was just, so I was kind of in the season. That's part of me. I'm like, okay, I need to do like, and she'd already threatened me. She said, if you do it in front of the church, I'll say no. Right. So that's what she told me. She said, I just want to let you know if you propose and because I think she was worried I was going to like finish a sermon or something. Yeah. I, I didn't want a public uh, proposal. I wanted it to be personal. You yeah, know? exactly. So, so she was really good at letting me know what she liked and what she didn't like. And, and she was really clear. If you do it in front of the church, it's a no. So I got the message. Uh, back to my point though. Uh, she was asking about the proposals, but I was saying, cause the, the, it was that peace thing. Like marriage is not, it's not, that, sorry, that's where I got started. It's not a side hustle. And I have to, if I want to have the marriage that God wants us to have, I've got to give all my heart and all my attention and everything to this. And then I need to lead out of it. That's kind of what the point of what he's talking about. I need to, I, it can't just be, well, this is part and then church and this and that and all these things. It's like, no, this is the center of the wheel. And then everything else maybe is a spoke that comes out of it. But if I don't, because the second thing was marriage, it's, it's hard work. It's, it's amazing. It's awesome. It's godly. But you can't just roll in and be like, yeah, okay, we're good. We both love Jesus. We're both great people. This is just going to work. You have to really be prepared to pray and to talk and to grow together. And that's actually part of God's point in it. That's, I think, part of what God did with marriage. That's what he wanted to build up. So... So there's another line that's always stuck with me is that marriage isn't just about me being happy, but it's about me growing and being holy. Uh, In other words, God didn't just bring this amazing woman into my life so I could be happy, so I could be fulfilled. Number, you know, it's for both of us joining together, but God actually, Ewell Crawford, a great friend and a prophetic voice, he always says marriage is your seminary. In other words, it's going to grow you. It's going to challenge you. It's actually designed by God to be hard sometimes because it's going to put pressure on the things in your life that needs to change. 
and areas that you need. And you're going to be totally different people who have totally different strengths and totally different weaknesses. And early on, you're going to try and change each other and make each other like you. And why can't you see it? Like one time I was so mad. Why can't she just see it the way I see it? And God said, well, she doesn't. That's why I gave you to her and her to you. So stop getting angry at her and not seeing it the way you do it. Just bring what you bring to the table and let her bring what she brings to the table. And it's going, oh, okay. And so, so, but what happens for a lot of people, and we've seen this in ministry, is you don't take care of here. And you're out doing ministry and serving God and doing all these things while this is just suffering and falling apart. And it's just, that's not the way God designed it to be. That's not what his heart was for us. So that's really there. A verse that, um, well, actually, let me, because we're having a good time chatting here. And let me, uh, I'll say 1 Peter 3, verse 7. says, husbands, likewise, dwell with your wives with understanding, giving honor to your wife as a weaker vessel, as being heirs together in the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Now, it's interesting. Sometimes that word weaker throws people off. But weaker actually doesn't mean, le- it's not talking weaker, less strong. You know, you could argue usually as a, as a husband, I'll be physically, you know, stronger. But actually, the word weaker is as the more precious vessel. It's actually talking about something that's like valuable and treasured. So you don't just throw it around. It's kind of like fine china. You don't put china in the dishwasher, right? Because of its value. You shouldn't put china in the dishwasher. You shouldn't. A lot of people put china in the dishwasher. They put china in the dishwasher? Okay, dishwasher. I was. I always learned. Up, yeah. I learned. I learned don't put china in the don't dishwasher. Don't put china in the dishwasher. Okay, well, if you put china in the dishwasher, I'm not trying to call you out or say anything else. You put your china in the dishwasher. But whatever example I want to use is it's talking about, but it said dwell with her with understanding. Because, you know, I'd have talked to God sometimes. God, I don't understand. I just don't understand. I'm trying to understand. Emotional connectivity, I don't understand. She's not happy. I don't understand. I don't understand. So if I one day God says, yeah, that's why you got to grow in your understanding. Right? You need to grow in understanding. That's part of the growth journey for you. If everything was just easy and came on your plate and everything was perfect, you'd never grow. So you need to grow in your understanding. And so that's been a little bit of the journey. And so saying... Uh, like straight up, if I had to pick between ministry and my marriage, I don't even need to think about it. It's marriage. Now, I don't want to get to that point. Neither of us want to get to that point. But there's this element of scale. Now, it's interesting because what Scazzaro talked about to me that really stood out, there was the marriage piece, but he also talked just as importantly about leading out of your singleness. Uh, and this really, it was an eye-opener for me because in church, it, straight up, guys, sometimes we've not done a good job uh, we've done a good job of emphasizing marriage, but we've not necessarily done a good job of creating place and ministering to them and just valuing, creating opportunities for people who are in the single season of their life. It's almost like we have two faces. You're married or why aren't you married yet? Right? Like those are the two kind of there. And, and there was this journey for health is when you're in this area of your life, when you're single, uh, you know, you're not just, don't be in just a holding pattern to get married. You know, kind of, well, I'm just waiting to get married, then my calling can start, and then my life can start, and then my ministry can start. No, it's, it's really about being healthy. Is if that's where you are, then be the very best that God's called you to be there. And, 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 and he actually made some really good points. Is he said, here's some ways you can do it. Because I really want to see, I think, our church, we need to keep growing in this. And even for those of you who are single, and maybe you felt that sometimes, you know, it, it's not the intention at all. And we want to keep growing our church as a place that, that is awesome if you're married, but is also just as awesome if you're single and you're just being encouraged to pursue it, guys. But he made some really good points. He said, number one, he said, make healthy single life your first ambition. In other words, I want to live a healthy life. 
And I want to live healthy where I am right now. I'm not just in a holding pattern, waiting to get married, waiting for that right person. Even though I want it, I'm praying for it. But I'm going to live a healthy life right now with the fullness of what God has. Number two, he said, devote yourself to excellent self-care. So it's like, I'm going to take care of me. I'm going to, I'm going to, what, like, I'm going to embrace the fullness of what God has. And I'm really going to pursue that. Number three, invest in real community and cultivate companions for the journey. So, you know, it's part of what we're talking about, but it's family. You can build family, especially in the family of God, all kinds of different ways. And, and, but you have to do it on purpose. Uh, Number four, he talked about practice hospitality regularly. One of the things that's hard is if you feel lonely or you feel like you're by yourself in different lives. Well, then don't be. Cultivate community. Practice hospitality. Open your life up to other people. Welcome other people in. Uh, Number five, take advantage of the time and flexibility to love, learn, grow, experience life, and serve God. Number six, develop great friendships with the opposite sex. Now, we have lots of conversations about this as well, too, because sometimes in church, we've, we've taken a fear-based approach to healthy relationships with the opposite sex. Oh, you don't want to fall into sin. Oh, you don't want to mess up. You can't be good friends with a guy or a girl or else it's going to turn. And, and obviously, you need wisdom, but I think in many ways, we've gone way too far into a ditch. And part of it is you can have amazing, healthy friendships with the opposite sex, support each other, pray for each other. It's just, it's healthy, it's growth, it's family, it's community. And then last but not least is if and when a door of relationship opens, handle it with wisdom. In other words, if God does, or you think you might be getting into a relationship, like have a godly approach, have wisdom, because that's a whole purpose. So that's just some of the thoughts there for marriage, for singleness. I don't know if you have anything else to finish off with me here. No, that was good. I have one last question for you. Um, how have you learned to balance your desire and your drive? I know you have a drive for work um, and seeing the church thrive uh, while making sure that you personally don't burn out. And I think this is something that can apply for all of us, whether you are, you know, the CEO of a company or whether you are working um, in a drive through like it really burnout is a real thing that we are faced with right now. And a lot of people, that term is being thrown around a lot. Like I feel burnt out. I feel burnt out. So how do you balance that? I think that's really good. I mean, that could be an entire series unto itself. Uh, but just a couple thoughts for today. Uh, first and foremost, you've got to, you, you, again, kind of like I said with marriage, like it can't be a side hustle. Health and balance in your life has to be a core focus. Like you have to say, you, you got to fight for it. If you don't fight for it, there is a river that is going to push you downstream into burnout. You've got to purposely say, I'm going after this. I'm going to fight for this. I'm going to do this on purpose. Secondly, I think these principles that we're talking about, I mean, staying plugged into Jesus. I've noticed sometimes when I'm feeling really worn out or burnt out, I, I could sleep all day. It still doesn't help me. I can watch shows or do whatever because what's actually showing up right now is my tank is low in Jesus, right? Come unto me and I will give you rest. So, so I keep my relationship with him really strong. That's what gives me strength and vitality to move forward. Number two is uh, just focusing on living and serving out of our marriage. Um, one of the things that God blessed me with, one of, one of the greatest blessings for me, like right up there, probably right up there with Jesus is this woman right here. And part of, she's really good at, babes, you're working too much. Babes, we need a vacation. 
Babes, you know, she... A nice vacation. A nice vacation, yes. Yes, that's, that's Not why... Not all vacations are made equal. Not all vacations are made equal. <laughs> and, and that's why I believe... I'm thankful I believe in prosperity because I'm married to Sharon Joy Witten and uh, I need to believe the Lord. Uh, and so, but, but you know, I, I owe jokes sometimes. She's a little bit of my canary in the coal mine. Uh, you know, where they talk about where the miners used to take a canarier down with them in the coal mine. And what would happen is if the, uh, if toxic gases started to build up, I mean, it was kind of unfair to the canary, but the canary would die first. And they all realize, oh no, there's a problem. So she doesn't die first. But the point is if things aren't going well, she, I tend to just drive. Like I got that drive. I don't care. Suck it up. Let's do this. Let's go. You know, and she's like, hello. No, no, we need to. And it actually saves me from myself. I have learned so much and she saved me from myself. But even in that, or focusing on our marriage and focusing on us and time helps keep me centered and balanced. It's like my relationship with God and it's my relationship with her. Number three, it's really dealing with my shadow. Uh, I've shared this example with you guys before, but uh, this was before, somebody wouldn't have heard this. I used to be so, I was so intense. I'm, I'm still kind of intense, but yeah, still, so, but I'd be so intense and I'd have to make sure I had my prayer time, my devotion times just to kind of level myself out for the day. And someday she just looked at me and said, you didn't pray today, did you? You didn't read your Bible, did you? I'd be like, no. And she'd be like, you need to go do it right now, please. Just come back and talk to me after you talk to Jesus. But it was just like, I was so like, and one day God said to me, he said, Brennan, you, you keep you, you, if, if you will allow me to change your inner perspective, you're not going to need to get prayer time just to get yourself kind of acting somewhat normal. Because part of what happened was I was so intense about life. And the way I would drive myself in life was I would always focus on what was wrong so I could fix it. So nine things are good, but this is wrong. So let me fix this. I just get that fixed. Life is good. Everything's in order. And you know what happened? Something else would go wrong. <laughs> Right? Life. And, then I, and so God finally said to me, if you take time thanking me for the nine things that are good and come out of a place of thanksgiving, it will totally change your approach to the day in your life. And you won't need to kind of pray to... But see, that's all inner life, right? That's emotional health. That's I'm getting out of worry. I'm getting out of driving myself. But you have to journey in that. So I think facing my shadow. And the last thing, but not least, is Sabbath and Sabbath rest. Sabbath is huge. We, I think we need to do, at some point, maybe this year, we need to do just dig deeper in this stuff. But I learned I need to have a Sabbath. I need to have an schizero. What, what is a what is Sabbath? Yeah, schizero defines yeah. Sabbath as this. Because some people are saying, well, wait a minute. Does that mean you don't do anything on Saturday? Or uh, are you going seventh day on me? What's happening? But he said a Sabbath is this. A sab- biblical Sabbath is a 24-hour block of time in which we stop work, we enjoy rest, we practice delight, and we contemplate God. So we work on taking, we hold each other accountable, 24 period, for us it's Mondays, I don't do work. I stop work, I enjoy rest. I remember when I was a kid, I used to, because we'd grown up Sundays, no sports, no this, no that, because it's Sabbath, you know, and, 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 and part of what I came to understand was actually Sabbath, and even in the Jewish context, it's actually about loving, enjoying the things you love. And so it's, what do I enjoy? What, do, what brings me life? And each one of us is different. So I love great stories. I love, you know, once the weather's a little nice, I get my mountain bike and just kind of ride the trails in the city. I love uh, us going out and eating at a great restaurant, even though we're making a goal to do it a little more often this year. Uh, I love... uh, Shop, not, not so much shopping. She loves shopping. So, so me and malls don't get along so well, but I do it for her. And so I go to the mall for her. And, uh, but, you know, I find what I love. But that's what's very interesting because some of the things I love, that's not her thing at all. So she loves to go shopping. 
And she loves to go to the mall and she loves to, and see, so that's what gives her life. And so part of Sabbath is stopping work, but then engaging. Have you, have you ever done something like maybe you go watch a great movie and it's just like for three, three hours or two hours, however long the movie is, you're, you're, the world just kind of disappears. You get caught up in a story. It's like, well, what happened was you found something you engaged and it took you out of your regular rhythms. Well, Sabbath is, what if you took 24 hours every week and said, God, what are the things you've made me to love? What are the things you've made me to enjoy? What gives me life? You made me this way. I'm gonna set aside time each week to invest in things that give me life. And I'm gonna take times to invest and we're gonna rest and we're gonna have an amazing time together. And we're gonna, we're gonna make this part of what we do and how we do it. Well, that's a huge part of not getting burnt out. Because most people, and we even notice if you, we miss one or two Sabbaths, I already start to feel it. I feel the, I've gotten into such a rhythm. And then Sabbath extends beyond that to Sabbath rhythm. So making sure we have great vacations, uh, nice vacations, making sure. As you realize, we figured out pretty quickly the trailer doesn't work for her at the lake. It's just not the, not the nice way. Now, some people love that and that's their thing, right? And, and, and so on. I'll call myself out. Usually I'm looking for the great economical vacation. That's what I'm usually looking for. And I'm like, yeah, but we can save money by going here. And she's like, but I don't want to go there. And I'm like, she's like, I don't want to build a vacation around how much money I saved, you know? And so, so we work on that, but it's building in these Sabbath rhythms. And that does a massive difference for what we're doing. So good. So good. Let's give him a hand this morning as he shared from his heart. Just want to say a huge thank you in that. Um, yeah, I think God is putting his finger on all of us to grow deeper in our relationship with our, in our relationship with ourselves. And we want to do that. So we want to pray for you. Can you pray for us this morning as we close to, to develop once again the tool that God help, gives us, which is self-awareness? If you want to pray for us, that'd be yeah, great. And, and I want to pray for everyone here. Like I shared a little bit about my journey. But I want to pray, especially for everyone who's realizing, hey, God, I want you to take me deeper. I want to grow. You know, this year we talked about going deeper. So part of it is going deeper into what God wants to do in ourselves. Guard our hearts with all diligence. Like God wants to do a work in our heart. So if you want that this year, I want you just to like hold out your hands like you're receiving something from God. And we're going to pray this. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. And I thank you so much. Uh, I thank you for, I, I just love doing this today with my wife and, uh, and just that we get to do this together. And I, I just thank you for her and just all she's helped me, I can just say, in this journey. But today, Lord, I pray for each one of us, myself included, us included today. This is a year about going deeper. And I pray that you, Holy Spirit, will take each one of us deeper into the matters of the heart. You'll take us deeper into uh, wholeness. You'll take us deeper into health. Uh, maybe some of what I said kind of sparked some things for people and they come on, oh yeah, no, Holy Spirit's talking to me about that or just open some doors. Whatever it is, because Holy Spirit, you're the master at taking us deeper, at leading us to be more like Jesus. And so we just pray for each person today. God, do a work in our hearts. I pray for amazing emotional health. I pray for amazing, God, you said love your neighbor as you love yourself. And I pray for this amazing that we'll love our neighbors, but it starts with loving ourselves and really uh, caring for ourselves and allowing you to work in ourselves. And so we pray this for each person, God, in person, every person online as well, that you will do this work in us, God. And Lord, I thank you that healed people heal people. 
And that as you continue to bring a healing in our hearts, God, whatever we need, we will be in the place to bring that healing to other people around us. And so, Lord, we love you and we thank you for this today. And I just thank you for everyone that's here, God. Everyone's online. I love this church family. And I thank you, God. My prayer for each person is that they're just going to come into like the, the greatest health uh, internally, externally, physically, emotionally, spiritually that they've ever been. And we'll be a healthy church. We'll be a hungry church. Uh, we'll be a holy church in Jesus' name. Uh, and, and, and we will be a healed church that heals those around us in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Awesome. Awesome. Well, just a couple reminders as we go. We do have, I think Pastor Samuel is going to be joining me. We're going to do our, we have some giveaways for this past week, the house week. I did want to remind the ladies that we are, uh, this is the last week to register for Saturate Saturday. We're super excited about it. We've got about 80 plus women that are showing up that have already signed up for it. So it's going to be an awesome um, time together on Saturday morning. So if you have not done that, if you can do that uh, before Thursday. Thursday is a deadline. That would be fantastic. With that said, Pastor Samuel. Hello, everyone. Hi. It's good to hear your voice. I'm going to take a seat, too, since we're all sitting around this, this beautiful, nice table. So we had house week last week, and we promised that we would have winners. We and did. We, we, we did. did. And we, we did. have winners. We have winners for house week. Yay! And for those of you who won the week prior, which was marriage week, it was marriage week, right? No. Before house uh, week. No. Yes. Yes. It was. If was you, it? Yes, it was. Wow. It was. That right? felt like an eternity ago. It did feel like an eternity wow. ago. Wow. Okay. But we've been trekking. It's been an, an amazing month. By the way, wasn't today good? It was really good. I'm super thankful for, for pastors who are willing to share out of their lives and out of their heart and open, you, open themselves up to their, to their own personal journey. Um, I'm super, so thank you, pastor. Thank you. Um, so with prizes, back to prizes, we're talking about prizes. So behind us, there's going to be a video that's going to be going to announce the winners of House Week. Here we go. So drum roll. Easter. Easter. Ameria. Yep. Yeah. Easter. Congratulations. Yay, congratulations. <laughs> Next one. Oh. Roseanne Barnwell. She's probably in second service. Caleb Bowers. <laughs> awesome. Well, guys, look out. Pardon me. Look out for your emails. We will be sending you something special. Um, thank you so much for, for participating in House Week. Yeah, and just generally speaking, we want to say a huge thank you for participating this month. Uh, we are going into the next month uh, dealing with some other issues. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You know, throw it out there. I'm gonna let the team do it next week. But we want to just pray for you as we close today uh, over your relationships as we sum up this month. So, Father, I just thank. Thank you right now. God, I thank you that you father so well and that you know each and every one of us. You know the details about our life. You, Father, go into our future. You're, you are in our past and you are in the present. And Father, right now, I just thank you uh, for those that are wanting to continue the, uh, continue the journey of growth. God, that you would give them grace, Father, in marriages, in peer relationships, Father, in homes. Father, we just thank you right now that, Father, we, um, we look 
to you and you have all the answers that we need, Father, to govern our relationships well. And most importantly, even coming out of today, Father, I thank you that you help us navigate the issues of our own heart. God, the issues uh, that we face on a day-to-day basis with ourselves. So, Father, I pray for just greater grace to engage with uh, you regarding all areas. And we thank you for that today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Have an awesome Sunday. Enjoy the, hopefully, there's no more snow. Did you see snow in the forecast? I saw a little bit of snow falling. Who is outside. praying? First of all, before you go, who <laughs> is praying for snow in Toronto City Church? Because I, it's Pastor Jair. <laughs> it is Pastor His Jair. His prayers are fervent and they are effective. Right? <laughs> because I don't know what is happening in Canada these days in Toronto with the snow. But anyways, we love you. Have an awesome rest Have an of your awesome day. Have an awesome day. Something about the moonlight And it can make you feel alright Oh, it's the voice of God And it can make a grown man cry Yeah, it can, yeah, it can It's the voice of God It can make a grown man
parts I don't like, honey. Even the parts I try to hide.